Welcome to this B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the Senior Editor at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Stefan Doring, who is the Brand Strategy Lead at PwC. So with that in mind, we're going to be speaking about how to build a brand that is globally recognisable, but also culturally relevant everywhere. So Stefan, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, before we begin, could you please just you know introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit more about your role at PwC? Hi, David. Yeah, of course. And thanks very much for having me. It's great to be back with B2B Marketing. Um, So, yeah, I'm Stefan Doering. I'm UK brand strategy lead um, for for, for PwC, um, which basically means that I look after all things brand strategy within our firm, Um, looking after things like brand building, brand perception, brand positioning, um, brand measurement, all things to do with brand. Um, And I'm part of a wider brand team here in the UK and working closely with our global brand team as well. So as you'd expect in, in, in an organisation like ours, sort of there's a lot of people looking at brand and um, yeah, great to be part of that, that team here. Okay, fantastic. And as brand strategy lead, a huge multinational like PwC, you'll be, I'm assuming, intimately familiar with the challenges of branding on a global scale. So with that in mind, what do you think the main issue is when it comes to brand building globally? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's something that I spend a lot of my time thinking about and a lot of my time working on. Um, And, you know, I've in terms of brand building at a global scale, for me, there are really three key elements that are critical to success. And I talk about these three elements a lot, but that is because I think they are so fundamental to building a successful global brand. And those are really consistency, relevance and distinctiveness. And having these three elements work together just create that differentiation for your brand. They they create that mental availability and they drive that consistent brand experience throughout. So I'll go into each one of those a little bit more because I think they are really the foundations for building a great um, brand experience and a great global brand. So consistency, it really speaks for itself, right? Because consistency, it means you need to deliver a consistent experience for your people and your clients. And that includes all the elements in your brand world, your visual identity, your communications, your marketing, your logos, your fonts, um, all those kind of things, right? It should look and feel consistent. But what I always encourage people to think about is to think more holistically about actually the brand experience they want to create for their brand, whether that's for your clients, for your own people, your suppliers, your collaborators, your stakeholders, essentially anyone who who really comes into contact with your brand. You know, I, I always think of people as they are experiencers of your brand. And we don't make a distinction between different experiences of your, of your brand. You know, whether you're an, an employee or whether you're a client or whether you work with us, you are still an experiencer of that brand. And that experience should always be consistently outstanding. And that creates good brand building for your brand. Secondly, relevance. So because you have to be relevant in today's market, you know, make it, it starts um, with your products, your service propositions. It starts with the work that you do and that interlinks to your branding, making sure that all of those are highly relevant to the market you're operating in or to the project you're working on or to that particular client whose problem you're trying to solve. Um, 
And for me, that relevancy really means that you're actually listening to what your clients want. You're listening to their clients, to your clients' needs and fulfilling that client need. And that relevancy creates opportunities. Um, and that relevancy in turn then becomes critical for driving that successful global brand building. And finally, distinctiveness. Um, and I think distinctiveness really creates that mental availability that, that drives customer preference and first choice. Um, you know, and distinctiveness is obviously your codes, your identity, um, but it, it, it's so much more than that just. It's really how you make people feel about your brand. It makes your brand memorable. It makes it, you know, quite literally distinctive. It should come through in your client experience. It should come through in your marketing and communication, but it should also come through in the work that you do. So really in, in the product, in the serviceness, how can you always create that consistent, relevant and distinctive experience for, for your clients and for your people and really for, for those experience source of your brand that I, that I already talked about really. And, and I think brands that deliver on all three of these areas, they, they are really the ones that we see consistently being the most successful in building their global presence. And, and they tend to be the most successful global brands. Okay, fantastic. It's really good to, you know, see it broken down into those three sort of core pillars, if you like. Um, but, you know, just moving on, you know, a company might have a brand logo, a, a tone of voice or a public image or, or something along those lines that comes, lot, uh, comes across sorry, really well in one country, but not necessarily in another. So, with that in mind, how do you think marketing teams can ensure that these organizations have a, a cohesive global brand, but one that also works in, you know, in every country that it's operating within? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think I think that's a really interesting question. And it speaks to that consistency point that I mentioned earlier. Right. So I, I certainly believe that having having global consistency is very important. And certainly from what I see and from from all the research that's been done, um, the, the strongest brands that tend to outperform the market do all ensure that they have strong global consistency at co and cohesion at the heart of their brand presence and brand experience. And you only need to look at, you know, some of the great consumer brands as well, um, you know, that you get the same, you know, famous soft drink in the UK as you might do in China or you might do in, you know, the Himalayas or in, in South America. And that, can, that delivery of that product and that brand is always the same. And actually that creates really strong consistency for that brand across the world. Um, but, but I think there's a nuance in your question, particularly in the B2B space, in terms of actually being quite um, mindful of, of your local territory and your local market and making sure that your brand and your brand presence in a B2B organization really works well for your localized market and your local customers and clients. Um, and I think brands should not be afraid of, of um, leaning into those local nuances and local moments. I think particularly at the moment, you know, sort of post post pandemic or sort of, you know, as we look to a sustainable recovery, I think we're seeing a trend that is is moving much more towards localization and away from the previous globalization that we've seen before. And for me, I think the two uh, the two sides of the coin really have to work hand in hand. Yes, you can have a really strong, consistent, relevant, and distinctive global experience but you can still be conscious of tailoring that experience um, to serve your local markets better and your local clients um, in, the, in the optimum way. 
And, and for me, really, the best brands, um, the best run brands really convene around that singular brand positioning, that singular brand experience, whilst being mindful of their local customers, clients and communities, you know, making an impact with, with, within their local territory. Um, and, you know, that's really what, what, what it is about for me. And, and at PwC, we, we talk a lot about this. We talk about having freedom but with responsibility in terms of our brand you know so there is enough flexibility and freedom within the global brand parameters to be able to activate it and bring it to life and use it in the optimum way and best possible way um, in our different territory markets that we operate in and and I think that's really what it's about you know essentially having that brand that can stretch enough to be relevant locally um, but having the full power of that global brand um, and that global network behind you. Of course, yeah. But, you know, when you're focusing so much on, you know, a local market and, and local nuances and cultural things to keep in mind, does that just mean that, you know, translation agencies are a thing of the past? Is it too simplistic? Or or do you think they can still play a role? Um, I think it's an interesting point on translation agencies. I think what you can't do anymore is you know, sort of have carbon copies of your brand simply translated from the one language into the next. You know, it's not, it's not kind of a cookie cutter process of building a brand. And I think you definitely have to be mindful of the local nuances of your local market. Um, but that's not to say that translation agencies can't play a role in driving a consistent, strong global brand message. You know, I, I don't think, as I said, they can simply translate campaigns or communications from one language to another and be done with it. Um, but I think it needs to be a much more collaborative, um, nurtured process, essentially. You know, um, you can start with you, ha- you should start with a, a global brand vision, a global brand strategy. But actually, tra- what, the, what the work for the translation agencies then to do would be to work with your organization's own local territory teams across different markets, across different countries, and really work with the translation agencies, input the nuances and particularities of their local markets, and really lean on the experts of that local market to make it, again, culturally relevant to the territory that you're operating in. And, and, you know, actually, it's not just a question from one language into another. You know, one of the things that I look at in my team particularly is around how we you know, translate sort of in, in, in quote marks from, from US English to UK English. You know, again, our local markets from US to UK are, are can often be quite different. And what works, you know, across the pond in the USA may not work so well over here in the UK in terms of language, in terms of the nuance of language, in terms of how we use language. Um, and I think that then goes back to my point earlier around being relevant. You know, what does it really mean to be relevant to your local communities, to your local clients, to your local customers. And, and that applies to everything, really, from your service propositions, from the work that you do, down to the language that you use. Okay, brilliant. So we've discussed there, you know, the look and feel or the, you know, the, uh, the tone of voice or the particular language of a brand. Um, but I can imagine that the choice of channels that marketers communicate in also depends on the region they're operating within. So how important is it for marketers to get this right, do you think? I think it's essential for marketers to get um, the choice of channels right. Um, and, you know, a question like this always make me makes me think of this quote, content is king, 
um, but distribution is queen and she wears the pants. And I think that was coined by Jonathan Perriman at BuzzFeed, um, although he actually built on the original quote by, by Bill Gates, which is all around content is king. But then Perelman added that bill that distribution is queen. Um, and that is so important to remember. The two have to go hand in hand. Right. You can create outstanding, excellent, engaging, compelling, interesting content. But if you cannot get that content out in front of you, the eyeballs of your customers, of your clients, of your targets and your prospects, then unfortunately, it's not really doing the job that is intended to do. So actually getting that distribution right, getting that channel strategy right is absolutely critical in building a brand. And yes, to your point, I think absolutely there are local nuances in terms of what channels and what media consumption is right for your particular customers in that local territory. And again, I would really encourage brands to work with their local teams, their local territory experts um, to really get a good understanding of what works and what doesn't work in that market. You know, media consumption habits um, can and do vary drastically across the globe, um, you know, from traditional media to digital media to online. Um, different countries, different territories do consume media in different ways. So getting that channel mix right in terms of your advertising, in terms of your marketing is absolutely critical. And, you know, your local teams, your local market experts, your local media agencies in a lot of instances should know the best ways and the best channels to reach their customers in their local territories. And of course, they should be backing all of this up with data and insight and giving you as the client or you as um, the campaign owner or whatever part you might be in that project, giving you that kind of confidence and giving you the input and the data to, to make sure that they are making the right decisions or getting that content out to um, your target audience. Okay, brilliant. And when it comes to creating a brand that works around the world, this is obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, it's obviously quite a big job, you know, you're trying to create something that resonates uh, across the whole globe. So, you know, what do you think the best approach is to doing this? You know, should marketers start by asking the French organisation what their audience wants, the UK organisation want what their audience wants and so on, um, and then build backwards? Or should the message start with the global marketing team and then sort of be adjusted for each country? Yeah, so I think there are different ways of approaching this um, and different ways of approaching building a consistent global brand for your organization. And, you know, I think I think the interesting thing is here, like very few organizations sort of have the luxury of starting from scratch. You know, I think it depends hugely on the way your organization has been set up, often in terms of legacy structures, um, how, how the business operations work, because of how... Um, international kind of expansion happened over the over the period over the kind of history of the organization and therefore I don't think there's necessarily a right way or a wrong way of doing it I think generally what I see is that most global brands tend to start with a centralized global marketing team they'll set out the global strategy so they'll set out the global vision and then usually it's up to the local territory marketing teams to make it relevant in their markets and, and really bring it to life in the best way that works for them, for them. But, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. Many organizations, including ours at PwC, as a, as a network of member firms, 
have have their own territory specific leadership team, own territory specific go to market strategies and objectives. Um, and actually a huge part of the marketing strategy and activation is led and directed out of the local territory teams, um, while of course being mindful and cognizant of being part of the wider global brand and you know sort of feeding back in and feeding off that that global brand structure. Um, but what I think is paramount in in, in either way of, of of constructing that global brand presence and, and ways of working between global teams and local teams is really to continue to have lots of collaboration, lots of mutual respect, lots of communication between the two teams. Um, you know, certainly in my experience in that the projects that we work on collaboratively um, together with our global marketing organization, the local territory teams, the more connected and the joined up we can be, the better the outcomes are. Um, you know, ultimately, whether whether you're sitting as part of a global team or whether you're sitting in a local territory team, we're all part of the same organization. We're really all part of the same team striving towards the same goals of making the work better, you know, delivering those sustained outcomes for our clients and making that work better. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, whatever kind of structural setup you might be in, um, that we all work together to strive for the same outcomes. Of course, yeah. And I'll just ask you to cast your mind back a little bit to uh, earlier this year. <clears throat> and, you know, there were a number of companies that were called out for, you know, claiming to be LGBTQ plus allies during Pride. And yet at the same time, they weren't actually putting out the same message in, in other countries like Saudi Arabia. Now, obviously, this is quite an extreme example, but there are still countless examples of companies claiming X in one country and then, you know, Y in another. So perhaps organizations could have got away with this 70 years ago, um, but with the whole world now existing online and having visibility into all corners of the globe, just how important is it for organizations to genuinely, truly have one message, do you think? And what's the risk if they don't? So it's really important for brands to be true to what they stand for. It's absolutely critical for organizations in building trust with their customers, their people and wider society. And that whole piece around trust and transparency is just absolutely critical and paramount. Um, and I think being clear on your purpose and your values and standing by them and standing up for them is absolutely essential for brands. Um, but I think it's a really interesting challenge that you raise, um, you know, in terms of kind of affiliation and support for, for different minority communities. Um, and it can be a challenge, you know, particularly when, when your organisation has operations in countries with differing laws and regulations um, where these may not align to your brand values and culture. Um, but what I think is important is that these brands continue to do the work and show that allyship and show that support to those communities and actually make a difference to their people, their clients and their societies in these areas um, on the ground in the countries that they operate in. Yes, they might not be able to be as public about them due to laws and, and um, regulation, um, but actually creating those safe spaces for people, you know, in terms of diversity and inclusion, 
um, in terms of human rights, working to promote and advance those and making that impact in their local communities for, for local people, I think is absolutely critical and paramount. Um, and I think that in turn then um, helps drive that society forward and helps make a difference, you know, to the people who actually work and again are experiencing or interacting with your brand um, in, in, in certain countries where, where the laws might be different. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. So following on from that, um, brand purpose is obviously something that, you know, we've spoken about a lot in this past year, and it's actually something you touched upon a second ago. Um, and, you know, the pandemic's arguably, arguably been acting as a, a catalyst for its increasing importance. So how important do you think brand purpose is and why, if at all? Is it really the crux of the matter, the heart of good global branding, do you think? So purpose for me really is that brightly shining North Star that should guide everything that your organisation does. So absolutely, I think brand purpose is critical and it is, um, you know, very much at the heart of good global branding. Um, Purpose is what you stand for. It's what you believe in and it should form the basis of decision making for your organisation, really. And what I think is important to remember is that purpose is so much more than just a brand or a marketing strategy. It really has to be at the heart of your operations to be meaningful, essentially leading the way that you do business. Purpose has to go through an organization at every single layer, go absolutely deep into the heart of the organization. And the organization essentially operates and and works around in line with their purpose. Um, And I think that's what's really important to remember. And only once your brand truly embodies its purpose, then that allows your brand storytelling to come to life. It has to be meaningful, it has to be authentic, and it has to be human at its core. Um, and I think that's what's really important to remember with brand purpose. You know, it is, it's not just brand purpose, it's really an organizational purpose. And you can use it in your branding, and you can use it to tell your brand story, but only if it is truly authentic and truly meaningful, um, and that it actually, that makes your organization stand for for something and once you can do that it does become a very very powerful tool in telling your brand story and i think that is something that um purpose is a universal global positioning and a universal global truth essentially around the way your brand behaves the way your brand feels the way your brand operates um, and if you can be, again, consistent, relevant and distinctive with, with that through your purpose, then, yeah, that's definitely what, that, what, what's at the heart of good global branding. OK, brilliant. And my, my final question, because I think we're sort of running out of time today. Just how important is brand going to be going forwards, do you think? Because it feels like brand has received something of a, a resurgence in terms of interest amongst marketers this past year. Do you think this is a temporary pandemic thing? Um, Or are we going to be seeing some exciting developments around brand marketing in the next couple of years, do you think? Well, so as a brand strategist, obviously, you'd expect me to say that brand has always been important and brand will continue to remain to be important and only more so. I think you're right. I think particularly in our industry and particularly in B2B marketing, I think we've seen much more focus on brand level marketing, brand communications. Um, you know, almost as a direct result of the pandemic and as a sort of 
um, response to actually organizations doing the right thing and wanting to do the right thing and wanting to play their part in society. And obviously that lends itself much more towards a brand level message, because again, you can lean into your purpose and you can lean into kind of actually what is it really here that that you stand for and that you do in the world and that you actually want to make the difference. So, I mean, 100 percent, David, I think I think brand was always important. I think particularly in B2B, we have seen a resurgence of that brand level marketing. Um, and I think we can only build on that and go from strength to strength with brand. And I'm really excited to see um, what happens next and how organizations rally around their respective brands um, and you know continue to to do great work in this space. And I think I think it's a really exciting time to work in brand and and in B2B marketing for sure. Stefan, I think that's a wonderful place to leave it. So thank you very much for your time today. Um, to all, all our listeners as well, thank you too. Obviously, I know you've been um, sitting there quietly in the background, so thank you very much. Um, if you would like to listen to any more of our podcasts, please just head to www.b2bmarketing.net slash podcasts. So that's all from me. So Stefan, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.